king of the temples too Don't let them rise and make a fool of you Let your soul appeal This is your place for all things Detroit Red Wings and all things Chicago Blackhawks. This is the Stick Blade Podcast with your hosts, Jordan Linscott, David Barnhouse, Nick LePage, and Tim Stompanato. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Stick Blade Podcast. It is your place for all things Detroit Red Wings as well as Chicago Blackhawks news. And then also we talk a little bit about stuff going on around the NHL. I'm your host for tonight, Jordan Linscott. I'm joined by my co-hosts, David Barnhouse and Nick LePage. Everybody, welcome to our show. Like I said, we're your place for all things Blackhawks, all things Red Wings. And tonight we're going to be about halfway through the NHL season. And we're kind of going to be just taking stock about where the Blackhawks and the Red Wings sit. Obviously, the Blackhawks, a team that is really rebuilding right now, continuing to stock up, continuing to develop. But also, even though they don't have playoff aspirations, it is important to look at, you know, what they've done this season and what they're looking at right now. And then on the Red Wings end of the podcast, the Wings are on a very different trajectory. They're a team that is just outside, really looking to get into that playoff picture. So David and I are going to talk about the Red Wings in particular but everybody, welcome to your show. Welcome to tonight's show. Last week we started with the Red Wings. Let's start with the Blackhawks this week. I mean, to say it's been a eventful season for the Blackhawks, that'd be an understatement. Given you know Connor Bedard came to Chicago, Kevin Korchinski stepped into the lineup. You guys signed a couple veterans this offseason. and the Hawks—they're not as bad as everyone really has projected them to be like they're not great still but they're not they're not guaranteed last place no no i mean yeah it's, it's a good point guys first off good to be back uh, i was a healthy scratch last week tim healthy health bomb today so uh great to see you guys good to be back but yeah jordan i mean you kind of you're speaking the truth i mean to this side i i think a lot of fans really bought in i think they had over exceeded their expectations uh, for the Blackhawks this year, just with the excitement of Connor Bernard. I mean, rightfully so. You know, we should be excited. Uh, obviously, we don't. We haven't gotten to watch him the last few weeks just due to injury. But um, I think a lot of fans really bought into the hype, um, and especially you know, getting some new fans. Um, you know, hockey was kind of not so. I mean, it was still popular, but you know, now you got people that were like that are really diving into it and um, buying into the hype. So I guess the fans kind of hyped up to that point. Um, but I also, you know, I, I wanted to counter that, counter them because it's like this team on paper compared to last year is not any, it might be worse than what we had on paper last year. Like, yeah, we signed a couple veterans that you hinted at, Joy, like Taylor Hall, Nick Foligno, Taylor Hall got injured, Nick Foligno currently on the IR, uh, and then Corey Perry, obviously that happened, so I, I think this team actually is worse than last year's on paper if you take away Bedard. Um, and then uh, now you add on the injuries because you did have, like, Kane. You had Taze. Uh, you had Seth Jones and still everybody else. and But they've been in the league forever. And now you got a bunch of young guys up, which is it's exciting for potential. Um, but it, it's a – hockey's a game of men. And right now we got a bunch of boys on our team, uh, which – boys turn into men we know that but um for right now it's a bunch of boys and they're they're still trying to find their feet in the nhl they're all young i mean so we're like i think the second youngest team in the nhl yeah they're super young yeah so like i'm okay with where we're at um just due to what we have in the pipeline i mean what do you what do you guys think i mean yeah it's like you said you guys are a young team this is throwing a lot of basically kids to the fire and seeing who can make their way through it um, and we've seen that with Korchinski um, and some others really showing their their grit, as you know, I'll put it since that word's in my head lately with the Lions. But um, but it's tough. And yeah, you you lost a lot of your veteran presence with the Kane and Taves and you know Seth Jones, all that stuff. Um, Bedard, who has looked great in this brief moment we see him, we're like, yeah, this kid could be the real deal. Um, suffers the same casualty of Connor McDavid, the last big thing 
um, yep. in his rookie season getting hurt. Um, you know, it'd be nice if he, you know, bounced back has the same trajectory as a Connor McDavid, minus, you know, McDavid can't win a cup. Um, but... Yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. Jordan and I have been there, seeing the incredible downs with our team. Um, but as Jordan said um, in our text thread and in the past, like, 2021 draft, you guys probably killed it, especially if a lot of those guys turn out as good as you think they can. Um, so your team, I think, is going to bounce up that trajectory, up that up that hill sooner than a lot of people might think, uh, which is exciting because as an original six team, you want fans to be involved, um, mm-hmm. especially in Chicago. Like it's a big, it's a big sports market, one of the biggest sports markets in the country, in my opinion, um, and hockey's better when those markets are thriving. I mean, the thing that I think is really important to know, and uh, we always talk about, you know, players having intangibles and stuff like that. But one thing that's really important is when it comes to the NHL, you've got the teams that truly do. They just scorched earth, sell everything off. Anything of value must go fire sale and then just totally tear it down. A la the Edmonton Oilers, right? And just Mm -hmm. try to bottom out as fast as you can. But the Hawks are doing something very different. They're, I don't want to say they're mimicking the Red Wings rebuild, but they kind of are in the sense of they're trying to make sure that they have veterans on this team who can help keep these young kids accountable and try to instill a winning culture into that group, even when the team itself's not winning. Competitiveness is contagious. Nick, and I think Nick Foligno, as much as people, and we talked about this last week, but People say, oh, $4.5 million for him is an overpay. In a vacuum, is it? Sure, absolutely. Like, if your team has cup aspirations, $4.5 million for Nick Foligno is an overpay. That's correct. But on a team like Chicago, who's got young players like Kevin Korshinsky, like Connor Bedard, like Lucas Reichel, like Phillips, like potentially uh, Drew Camaso coming through your pipeline soon. That group has got to have players who've been towards the top of the mountain and know what it takes to compete, and we'll instill that in your locker room instead of just, eh, I guess we lost again tonight, and we're going to just keep losing and try to get another pick. I think the thing that's really really been important for the Hawks this season is obviously Connor Bedard. Yeah, he was a superstar everyone got excited about, right? Like Everybody in Chicago was excited to see what Connor Bedard was bringing to the table, but Kevin Korchinski was a really nice surprise that he panned out and has been able to stick around to the NHL level. Phillips, I just mentioned him. He's been all right. Um, Kurashev looks not like a top six center, but he definitely looks like he's got the ability to hang around at the NHL level long term. I think more than anything, this season has gotten your guys' group to basically say, this is a team that wants to win. And even if we don't have the piece to win, we're going to have the attitude of we're not just going to roll over and die and give up seven goals a night and just let this team sink to the bottom. Like the guys actually have pride in what they're doing. And I think that's, I think that's so understated in today's sports market where people look at one or two players to save a franchise. Cause that just doesn't happen. Yeah. No. Yeah. Joe, I'm, I'm kind of glad you bring it up. You know, keeping these veterans around because this is what the, a team like this needs. We've seen Edmonton just go all youth, and that never works out. You need a veteran mindset in the locker room. Uh, like we, we brought up the Felino extension, but Jason Dickinson also has got received an extension this past mm-hmm. week uh, since the recording. Another two-year, four and a half million dollar deal, um, and I, I, it's needed. I mean, Dickinson has been a great uh, veteran presence. He has been a pleasant surprise. Uh, what he's contributing offensively. Uh, Nick Foligno, I mean, as well, he, he obviously is the speaker of the locker room. Uh, you know, when, when you need answers, Nick Foligno has them. Uh, you, may not like, you may not like to hear him, but that is like the cap- captain mentality without having the C on his chest. Um, and you guys are also bringing up uh, like Korchinski, Bedard, obviously Kurashev, uh, he hasn't taken that next leap yet. I think Reichel, I will get to in a second. I think he's a big question mark, but the guy I've been – the biggest surprise by it was Alex Vlasic. I, I yeah, don't, I, good. 
I think he I, I thought he was gonna be a really solid like top four D man, you know, someone you could plug into your lineup every night and get quality minutes. He's playing like he's a a future top pair D man. He's been absolutely unreal. Uh there there's this like chart comparison that Jay Fresh does on Twitter. I'm sure you've seen him. Uh, some of our listeners have uh, seen him on Twitter. He is like a Nicholas Chalmerson. It's uncanny some of the stat resemblances they have between each other. And if you put a guy like that on a good team, a well-rounded team all around, and having a guy like Vlasic, that is that does something for this team. Like he's eating pucks, he's contributing offensively. He's got a good good pair of hands on him too. And uh, I, I want to say that Vlasic has definitely been the biggest surprise. And it's for all the right reasons. He he just seems like everything he does is the right move. Obviously, still he's still young. He, there's going to be a little bit of growing pains. Not every night is going to be perfect. But with him and Korchinski, it looks like we have a 1A and maybe even a 1B D-man. It, it, it's looking legit. One thing that I kind of do like, you, you, you touched on uh, Lucas Reichel and it kind of draws back into like, you know, the, the fact that this team's not going to just accept being like sluggish and being fine losing. I mean, management, they sat him because they felt like he wasn't giving, you yeah. know, a decent effort. They said, okay, we know you can be better. Show us better. Cause if you're not going to show us better, you're going to sit. And like, that, again, that's part of like building a winning culture of, Hey, talent's not good enough. You have to bring talent and be able to produce and compete. Yeah. Pa- Part of me is thinking it's mentals at this point. Like, he has the raw talent, like you're saying. It, it, like, you can see it. He has it. He has the skill set. It just seems like he's not putting it all together. Um, I don't know if it's, like, being mentally soft. Don't want to say that. Because he, like, he's also been trying to learn so many different positions between going back and forth from center to wing. And it's just what defensive responsibilities does he want. And obviously, you don't want to give up. I, I'm not giving up on a guy. But I also think um, – his expectations were very overpumped as well. I think, you know, he was at one point, he was our top prospect in the system. And now he's mm-hmm. seven, six or seven. And I, I, it's, it's worrisome that, you know, a guy that seemed like it was going to be one of the biggest parts of this rebuild, uh, you know, even with Bedard and, uh, you know, but like having a, a true top wing uh, potential player is something, you know, like try Sadola McDavid. You need those two. You need a 1A, 1B type of guy that's going to contribute to the scoring. You thought, you think Reichel could be it, but it, it's the fact that he has to put it all together, um, which leaves some question marks. But, um, you know, that's kind of why you get role players. Uh, I, think, I think Taylor Radish has had a very good first half of the season. I think uh, Joey Anderson has been a pleasant surprise. Um, Cole Gutman, also very solid. And then Boris Kachuk has been uh, chipping in recently. So, if I, I mean, kind of like trying to grade the Hawks first half. I mean, I'm not, I'm not done talking about them, but like, if I, like now that I'm just on it, I, I would say I'm gonna go with a C. I mean, I, they're not exceeding expectations by any mean. Uh, I also, I still thought they're gonna be one of the worst teams in the league this year because, again, Connor Bedard is not gonna just change the outlook of this team completely right away. And he's also hurt. Um, so, and Morazic too. I, I, I should have mentioned Morazic. Um, he, he's been a pleasant surprise too. So, I don't know. If I had to give a grade for this Hawks first half, it's probably a C. Uh, I, no more, no less. Uh, yeah, they're they're bad, but this is kind of where I expected them to be. Even with Bedard playing, I thought it maybe we'd just be in a lot more high-scoring games, but... Uh, we, we just don't have the offensive firepower with guys going down to injury. It seems like every single night. I mean, I think part of it also, it kind of has to do with your defense group. Cause I feel like we always use Carolina as like, you know, like the golden example of how a defensive group really carries a squad, but Chicago doesn't have the supporting defense group, at least right now who can really help your forwards maintain offensive zone pressure or who can help control blue lines on like a power play when you're getting like your umbrella set up or whatever you're going to do. I feel like that's kind of the thing right now that Chicago is kind of struggling with is you have a lot of the great forward pieces, but you're also, you're not, you don't have the defensive players to help them maximize potential. If that makes sense. Like, 
not that the yeah. defensive pieces are supporting cast because they're not they're they're their own players but they both work together at the same time no yeah i mean i agree I, I, but i also think our forwards don't do defense our defense uh any anything special for to help them out either uh, like keeping plays alive in the offensive zone like obviously we have our good nights um but you know when Connor, when guys like Connor murphy are going down seth jones is going down and being without them, those two for a little bit at the same time kind of sucked. We were scrapping, uh, we were scraping by on the waiver wire, like picking up Jacob Magna from Seattle on waivers. Never heard of him before, but now he's a hawk. Um, and Jared Tenorti, like having to get play meaningful minutes, it, it, it and Zeistev getting in the lineup every night. Like yes, Tenorti and Zeistev, they should not be everyday players. Uh, they are your salary cap floor reachers. That's kind of why you have them. Um, but they also kind of go set the tone. Um, but as for like the big four, I, I think Seth Jones still gets too much shit. Yes, his contract is not great. But if you put a guy like Seth Jones on a real team, if you just ignore the contract, like ignore the nine and a half million, it's tough to do so. But if you look at him as a player, he is a top four D man, probably on most of this most of this league. He's paid like a number one, but he's a top four D man, and that you could easily. You can easily try to ignore that if you have guys like Korchinski and Vlasic producing year after year on these rookie deals. Where Seth Jones, you can slot them into the uh, into your second pair of D, and you're you ha- you're all of a sudden at an advantage. Yeah, because what is it? This is the first year for Korchinski, obviously on his ELC. Is is this Vlasic's yeah. first year on his uh, contract as well? Vlasic, I believe this is his second year now. Okay, but even so, Vlasic is not going to be like some crazy high number to re-sign. Korchinski, he's good, but he's not going to be like some $9 million defenseman, at least not based on what I've seen he won't be. and Not yet. Not yet. I, I do think he'll probably end up taking a bridge deal later on when, when it comes time to negotiate, probably like a three-year deal, wait for the Hawks to be competitive, and then he's probably going to cash in. I could imagine Vlasic doing the same thing because like those guys have got access to the analytics world just as much as the general managers do, just as much as the coaches do. I mean, those guys as agents aren't dumb. They've, they've got access to the same tools. That's how they use to negotiate. But that's kind of the thing. Seth Jones isn't – when you separate the contract from the player, it's really not bad, all things considered. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, just to clarify on what our uh... – programming edit on our part Vlasic's actually in the last year of his deal so Reichel and Vlasic are both up um uh, Vlasic's getting hot at the right time but like I'm, I'm glad you do see the same thing though uh with Seth Jones Jordan it's like yeah he's not what he was in Columbus he's far from far from it but he's still a really good defensive player and he's he, I think he's starting to find his own I think at you know that time off with that injury he maybe benefited from a little bit of rest after playing 23 minutes a night. It seems like, yeah. So he has a lot of workload on his. That he has to put on his own because he is, you know, he he has this this contract held over his head, and I think he has been fine. Like he hasn't been this elite two way D man that we've seen back in Columbus, but he hasn't been awful, and. No. The fans are like, oh, I wish we could just get rid of him. No, why? Our defense is bad right now. Without him, it's just worse. It's gonna be terrible. The thing is, is like, let's say, like, and we could obviously talk about this on a different episode. But just real quick, if you did get rid of Seth Jones, let's make it ten point five, right? The two players who you're gonna go get in his spot are, let's say, you split the contract in half, and you get two defensemen who cost you five million dollars. Realistically, does this Hawks group look that much different? I don't think so. No, five and a half. Million. What is Goss's fair? I, I, we're, I know we're going to transition the wings here in a little bit. Goss That's not fair. a one-year deal. He's making that. He's making five. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to pay a, another Goss's fair five. Like, I'm not not no no offense to you guys and him, but like, I, I, I think Seth Jones is a way better player than him, and then you add another guy like him. And there, I think Seth, I'd take Seth Jones, a really good Seth Jones, over, you know, two top six defensemen. Because yeah, like D men are not a cheap anymore. It's not twenty fifteen. 
you, you can't get a top two you can't get a top pair defenseman for six and a half million dollars anymore. Kind of you're paying him eleven and a half. <laughs> um, um but I, I you did mention trades, Jordan. Uh I so I wanted to hit hit that. Uh obviously we're you know, we talked about this past uh this previous half of the season that went by. You gotta look ahead. Um I know we brought mentioned Felino and Dickinson. Everybody's like, oh, those could have been assets you traded. No, you know, do you really need that third round pick? You know, that late third round pick you're gonna get for him with the draft capital that we already have. Sure, it would be okay, but I think uh, what they bring to a young group is more important right now. Uh, and then going forward for the rest of the year, you know, I'm looking at guys like Morazic. He may be gone by March. You, you might just have to pick a goalie off the scrap heap in free agency because somebody's got to go eat pucks, and I'm tired of seeing uh, Soderblom get lit up for eight a night. Um, and then Connor Murphy is probably the most interesting name to watch going forward. Uh, I know we love him here. I know he's a great he's a great D man, but a guy like him might be what you're looking for. Or he might be able to fetch a first if you're trying to get a first to you know build draft capital and maybe even trade up and use those draft assets to trade up to get your guy. Moving a guy like Murphy to get a first and a third or first and a second, whatever he could fetch, that is going to be a name I'm looking uh, for uh, when we approach the deadline. Obviously, closer coming up soon. Okay. Um, do you have anything else uh, to add, Nick or David, before we uh, transition out to the uh, the wings? No. This is this is what I expect for the Hawks. Let's buckle up. Bedard's coming back soon, guys. Uh, we have another half a season to you know face adversity, and then you know we're, we're lottery ball counting again. So let's get through this. Um, I, I was happy to see them fight, uh, and uh, you know. That first half wasn't pretty. The second half might not be pretty either, but let's enjoy the ride. Okay. Um, we'll transfer over to the wings, but first, before we do that, we're going to talk about tonight's sponsor, and that's uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. Obviously, if if you're into sports at all, you know that sports betting has really become a thing. You see it all over the broadcasts and stuff like that. And DraftKings, like I said, there are sport for DraftKings Sportsbook. They're our sponsor for tonight's show. So, like, obviously. David and I were talking about this before the game, but the lines played against the Buccaneers last night. You could bet on like that game. You can bet on the game coming up where they play against the 49ers, for example. Nick's screwing up black because he's dying inside because the Bills lost. But if I'm you throwing want... some money on him. <laughs> but if you wanted to bet on like the Bills game last night, you could have done that as well. But yeah, you can bet on all sorts of uh, sports. And obviously, we're talking about hockey right now for the podcast, so you can bet on hockey. Think about on you know how many goals are going to be scored, who's going to get the first goal, what are the goalies going to do, like stuff like that, all that sort of stuff. You can bet on DraftKings Sportsbook. Obviously, hockey moves fast, so with DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sportsman of the uh, NHL, you can score faster than anything that's happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN again, code THPN. New customers, again, bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. If you have a game of the problem, you call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling by calling 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Bill Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. It has to be 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Avoid in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield logo are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024, all rights reserved. Now, let's move on to the Red Wings. Yeah. Jordan, I was gonna, I was gonna tee you guys up. You were teeing, you guys were teeing me up for. Here, I'll, this I'll is that one timer. I was just rearing back one timers uh, from the slot with you guys just feeding me away. Uh, Tim, Tim's healthy scratch. So I had to try to carry the workload. Boys, we talked about the Hawks. Now it's time to the more exciting team, more exciting team of this side of the show for this year at least. Um, where are we at with the Detroit Red Wings halfway through the season? 
This is a hard one for me because when I look at the Red Wings, it's really been an up and down year for them, which mm-hmm. it's weird to say that in a year that they're expected to be fighting for a playoff spot. Like the team started the season red hot and then they really cooled off right around the Sweden trip and then just went into like this down spiral and just absolutely crashed December. and were burning. And then now they're back up on the uptick. And Steve Eisman went out this year, got Alex to bring it. Everybody was obviously hyped for that. Patrick Kane was a surprise added to the Red Wings. He's been great since, despite being injured right now. And they just beat Tampa, which they're tied right now for Tampa for a wild card spot in yep. we're conference. Current, we're currently the one wild card, number one wild card spot. They're right under us at two, and we're a point behind Toronto for the third. Uh, Atlantic spot. But I think this has been such a weird season because what was the main knock on the Red Wings last season, David? It was that we couldn't score goals, right? Mm-hmm. The team just did not have the scoring power. And so Steve Eisman went out this year, got scoring power. Alex Dabrinkit was supposed to be the big ad, and he, he was for all intents and purposes. He's been really like snake bit recently. We can talk about that in just a minute, but all yeah, intents and purposes – yeah, Daniel Sprung was supposed to be a really good ad, and he has been. He's been solid offensively. Kane, like I said, has been a really good surprise. A player who Comfer. Comfer has stepped in as a second-line center and looked every bit the part. Like This team has the offensive punch to make the playoffs and to be good in the playoffs. But I do think the big question mark really is like the defensive group. It, I like Jake Wallman. I like Moritz Sider. And... I, I to an extent, like Justin Hall and Olimata, but that defense group doesn't keep up with the rest of the NHL's powerful teams that when you look at and say that team's competing. Yep. The Red Wings defense just doesn't hang with them. They don't, and our goaltending has struggled this year in part with that. I mean, the December of dismember, as we'll call it, um, was just a terrible month where we lost both of our uh, netminders at the beginning of the month, I believe, um, with Alex Lyon and Billy Huso. And we had to rely on James Reimer and Michael Hutchinson. Yeah, Hutchinson. Yeah, Michael Hutchinson. Um, so it was a really tough month. But yeah, the defense, <sighs> I don't know what's going on with it. I mean, Mort Sider's good. Jake Waldman's good. Olimata's good. Um, Ghost Bear is good offensively. He contributes there. Um, Defensively is something different, though. (laughs) Yes. Um, It's just finding those right pieces. And we have guys like Simon Edvidson just chomping at the bit, waiting in the wings. Sandin Pelica. Yes. Well, I don't think he's ready for the the show. but Not not yet. yet. Not yet, but he, he will be. And I think... It's just a matter of time. But, you know, the offense has greatly improved, in my opinion. Um, I mean, we had that dreadful stat that the Wings couldn't win a game unless we scored four or more goals, um, which we've broken. And last night we did again, you know. But I think um, December, like I said, was a terrible month. But 2024, January, has been a phenomenal month for the Wings, going 7-1-1. Um, only losing the overtime game to Edmonton, a team who's been on a hot streak, um, and then losing to Carolina. Um, but we beat Tampa. Um, we've beaten others. Uh, really just on the back of Alex Lyon, who I can't wait to talk more about um, later on. But the season's been up and down, not as bad as the downs of the Hawks, unfortunately. Um, but... I've felt more up than down with them this year um, in the past years. Just seeing the team score goals does make up for a lot of the pain because it's like, wow, we've, we've got our offense clicking. It seems to be working. You know, the new goal horn with the, with the Eminem song gets me, gets me hyped up too. Um, but yeah, but there's just something with the defense where if it's, if it's the pieces aren't right, after you get past the bottom, the top two, 
if something needs to work out with the coaching better. A lot of the goals we've given up, given up as we've seen in a lot of instances are just mishandlings and then a two-on-one or a breakaway type goal. And it's just things that should be able to be fixed. I mean, to kind of put the way your guys are looking at it, yes, I, I mean, obviously you, you want your defense to be better. But these guys are technically fillers. Like, like we know Edmonton's on his way up. He had a cup of coffee uh, for, what was it, a, a game or two up here? He had two games, yeah. Yeah. So, and then you got, I mean, I know Sandy and Pelica, again, he's a little bit away, but he looks like an absolute stud too. So there's two more top four guys coming in. And, you know, you got Wallman, who's playing like a top pair defenseman too over there. And I think before the season started, though, like, this is kind of what the expectation was. Like the defense was a big question mark. If I'm if I'm speaking out of turn, let me know. But like, no, that's why you're here, Nick. To be honest, (laughs) yeah, the defense was a big question mark for you guys. It still is the question mark. But line being a surprise for you guys, I think I view that as amazing for y'all. And in the end, weren't we all just talking about like just the wings just got to get to the playoffs, and then you know it's a successful season for you guys, right? Yeah. If the Wings can make the playoffs, I do. I, I think this is a successful season. It just it means the team has taken that step forward. And like our young guys need that taste of the playoffs. You know, Larkin needs that taste. Larkin definitely needs that taste. <laughs> that boy's thirsty. I mean, but we were just talking about it with the Hawks, though. Also, I I feel like if the Wings make the playoffs this year, it's going to be that. It's going to be that moment of like, it affirms everything they've been doing for the past, Mm -hmm. basically five years. It's going to be like, Hey, this is what we've been building for. This is finally where we're at with it. And now we're at the point we want to be at now. Grant, do they still want to get better? Yeah, absolutely. They want to get better, but the, at least for the forward group, it should be like, this is where we've wanted to be at. We're finally here. Mm -hmm. I, now, Grant, I, I I don't want us to be in the playoffs if we're playing like the Toronto Maple Leafs, where we're trying to score like seven goals a game and then we're giving up five. I don't want to be there because at that point oh, we're no better than that. the Leafs, and then all of a sudden you start having bloated contracts because players are amazing. But mm-hmm. I do think that this season is a success if the Wings can make the playoffs and just based on the rate that they're scoring at right now, it does look like they're trending that way. Um, obviously, Alex Dabrink, I know a lot of people have been roasting You know the fact that he hasn't scored a goal, and I think it's like 10 games now. He's shooting so stupid below his career shooting percentage right now. He's not playing with Kane like he was starting the season. He's not even playing with Dylan Larkin right now. Like. And that's not a slight on JT Comfort because JT Comfort is a, a very good second line center, but Alex Dabrinkit is kind of having to be the self starter for himself this season. I think that's a transition that he hasn't really had to make yet. He kind of had to make it in Ottawa, but not mm-hmm. to the level that he has to do it with Detroit. And I, I think that's worth noting. It's unfortunate. I feel like there's times where we need to shake up the lines a bit because, like, beginning of the year when we were on fire. What was the what was the reason for that fire? Him and Larkin. Oh yeah, those two were absolutely amazing. They led the league in like points together. Like they were like one and two at one point. So like with Kane being out, shake up the lines a bit. Put them together. They they seem to have a good chemistry together, just like Debrinket and Kane do. Um, nothing against Comfort, like you said. Nothing against Lucas Raymond, because Lucas Raymond also has chemistry with Larkin, but. If you want to get this, you know, skilled shooter that you brought in and Alex Dabrinkit scoring again, you got to put him with a piece that's going to help him score. Yeah, I mean, speaking from the end on us, he benefited from playing with Patrick Kane. You know, obviously, like he was playing with Kane, but now you had, like, like you said, with Larkin at the beginning of the year, he's not a line driver. He is a guy that benefits from playing with really or really talented other players and that's not a bad thing like he can still be uh, one of your elite scorers he's not a supplemental piece not at all he is a star he does he's not supplemental but he needs someone who could think the game like him 
and feed him it feed him because he is open. Like he will get open and let that thing off at a shitty angle or a quick snapshot. You know, it's it's what he does best. And it like Ovi wouldn't be who Ovi is without his slap or without his one timer. I mean, you need guys to get him the puck and I think he's uh I think he's going to be a massive second half for you guys. I'm hoping so. I mean, David, you, you kind of brought up Alex line and obviously he's been putting down an absolute show since he's really made his debut with the wings. When Huso comes back, I, I've got to imagine that the Red Wings make him the back. I just, you, you'd be no. basically flipping him the bird. If you gave Huso the starting rollback after how crazy good line has been. Oh, of course. No, nothing against Huso. Um, I like Huso. But he has to take the back seat to the hot hand. You always play the hot hand. Alex Lyon, um, after last night, is number three in safe percentage in the NHL with a point nine two four. I mean, that's a hot hand. You want to keep this guy in. He he allowed Tampa Bay one goal last night, and yeah, he's there's just something remarkable about him. We saw him last year with Florida, where he took the job for a period of time in the playoffs and helped guide them to the cup final. Um, he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. Um, I think we originally brought him in as a backup. And we signed Reimer like around the same time as well. So I'm like, it was like a three. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. okay, interesting. Um, but he's really solidified himself as the starter for this team. I guess the golden question, I mean, we're going to wrap it up with the wings in just a second, but based on where the team's at right now, David, mm-hmm. do you want us to be buyers, sellers, or do you want us to stand pat at the deadline this year? That's a tough one. I um, mean, chime in for you real quick. What do you think? Definitely not a seller. I know that one that we're not. Yeah. Nick, I want to hear you chime in. All right. I, what I want the wings to do it's absolute no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I I want them, you know, for just for you guys' sake, I think they need to be going after a controlled D man. A guy that they could acquire at the deadline. I, I right now I don't think the forward group needs to be messed with because you still have a ton of tons of prospects going up the pipeline too, if mm-hmm. you know there's an odd man out situation. I think a controlled D man because you know you have four really four studs for sure. But a, maybe Connor Murphy. Maybe a guy like Connor Murphy. Maybe we could be trade partners. But I Tim think, brought up last night, last week. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't get to finish listening. I was actually listening before the show to you know. Pretty sure. Pretty sure Tim brought up us getting Connor Murphy last week. But no, I mean I think. I think a but like a, it doesn't have to be Murphy, but a cost controlled, or, or not a cost controlled, a controllable D man for the next you know two to three years to transition, to keep these young guys transitioning and a security blanket back there. I think that is well within the realm of the uh, what you guys have, and I think that that could go a long way, just, you know, getting a guy out of there that doesn't deserve to be in there and getting a legitimate, you know, guy that could go eat 18 minutes a night and uh, put you guys in a good spot to win. Ben Sherratt, Jonathan Berggren, and... An Olimata in exchange for Connor Murphy and a second round draft pick. Kick rocks. Yeah, I wouldn't even make that. Trade. I don't want Sherrod. You don't want Jonathan Berger back for your uh, your pipeline? Uh, I would like Berger. <laughs> I would like Berger. <laughs> no, I mean, realistically, one year of Olimata. And nah, two no. years of Ben Sherrod for Jonathan Berger. We went down this Olimata road before. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> uh, I would, but no. I, Bergeron, if you're looking to get rid of Sherratt for contract reasons, I would take Sherratt. And with the, as good a talent as a prospect as Bergeron, a second. Yeah. For Murphy. Interesting yeah. trade. Yeah. But, I think I'm, we need to be somewhat buyers. We definitely should not be sellers. Like, you don't bring in Patrick Kane to bring it to sell at the deadline. Um, so this team needs to bring in someone, whether it's defensive support um, or if Huso's not going to become a back, a backup to Lyon as well, or you could get one off of 
free agency if there's someone still sitting around because I don't want Reimer back on the wings. He avoids pucks. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think the team, in order to clamp down on defense, we may have to make a move to bring somebody in. Who that is, not sure. I mean, I – I think the only way I want to see the the Red Wings be buyers at this trade deadline, not necessarily to get a rental, but I want to see them offload one of like the bigger contract defensemen and get somebody who, I mean, we talked about this last week a little bit, but like, let's say a team has a, has a defenseman who's got one more year left and then they're going to retain RFA rights on. We mentioned the New York Rangers last week, for example, like if, the Red Wings could find a way to grab one of the defensemen from them and trade like a first round draft pick. And one of our guys who's got decent cap it and acquire one of those guys from them instead, I I would make that trade as long as they had RFA status and they could be a long-term piece here. I I would be fine trading a first round draft pick at that point, as well as maybe a player. I would hate to do it, but honestly, like a player like Jonathan Bergeron, from the prospect pool to help bolster the pipeline. It, it'd be painful to do it, but I think that's where Detroit's at right now. Like they're, I don't think they should be getting pure rentals because they just they haven't made enough deep runs where like a rental is going to be the pl- like the player that moves them. But Yeah, first round should not be for a rental. No, but if they're going to be dealing picks, I, I think you could trade a first-round draft pick and a player like Jonathan Berggren and go get like a real defenseman who you're going to retain RFA rights on. Yeah, I think that's the right. I mean, I think we're all in unison with you guys, right? The D-man. It, it's yeah. it's kind of been the theme uh, for your first half, and that's what we're looking to improve for you guys' second half. But uh, clearly it's a very gaping, obvious need that the Red Wings have. Um, I don't have anything else to talk about for the Wings, if you guys don't. Mm-mm. Nope. Okay, so we can go ahead and move on to the flashback and flash forward segments of the uh, the show really quick. Obviously, the flashback segment, we look at the week that was for the Hawks and the Wings, and then flash forward, we look at the week moving forward. So, I mean, we started with the Hawks. Nick, how was the week for the for the Hawks? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, we had a – hold on, sorry. i got to remember. NHL app, give me a second. I'm going to stall time here. I know uh, – Against the Sharks, we had a game that went into a nine-round shootout. Usually, you think nine-round shootout. That's that's got to be exciting, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. It was the most boring nine-round shootout I could ever see. Um, you know, Dickinson had one on the goal line, but uh, a loss or a win nonetheless uh, against uh, the Sharks, um, and it was as bad as two teams at the bottom of the standings could get. Um, fun fact: I think we always forget about him, but Philip Zadina is still a San Jose Shark. So that, that was cool seeing him. But uh, as for everything else, ah, jeez. There we go. Oh, my God. Caught me off guard. Well, they... I got the schedule in front of me. I'll bring it up. There you go. Sorry. There you go. We're live. All right. So uh, we beat the Sharks 2-1 to one in a shootout. Uh Three not to the loss against Buffalo on uh, that Thursday. Or that was actually, yeah, that was the oh, Thursday right. game. Oh, yeah, it was the Thursday. Sorry. Yeah, that game got snowed out due to the snow in Buffalo. And then a 4 3 win against the Islanders. And we killed the Islanders. We absolutely destroyed them, uh, both organizationally and on the ice. I, you know, for a team that has that much expectations. Uh, and then the Hawks go out there and beat them. And uh, they fired their coach to hire Patrick Ura uh, back to the organization. Uh, to the team to, you know, kind of kick them and start. Um, it, it's sad, you know, when you're like, we lost to that team and you got to clear out, you clear your coaching staff. But I think a very good week. Nonetheless, you know, Islanders is a team that we should have been losing to, but they stayed in and battled um, in the Sharks. You know, they're right below us, but a win nonetheless. Uh, so a solid week for the Hawks, two and one. We'll take that any day. Uh, who's the star of the week for this week, Nick? Star of the week. I'm going to go Peter Morazic. Okay. I mean, it's just he, he, he's been the surprise of the year uh, for the Hawks. You know, I know you guys know him well. We always talk about that. But 
you know, the fact that he still is playing at a top-notch goalie uh, and keeping us in games we don't deserve to be, I think Peter Mrazek, there is no better choice than him. Okay. okay. Um, the week that was for the Wings, the Wings had honestly like a pretty decent week. Uh, they had a 4-2 win over the Maple Leafs on Sunday. They had a 3-2 overtime win over the Panthers on Wednesday. Uh, they lost to the Hurricanes 4-2 on Friday, and then they beat the Lightning last night 2-1. Three out of four games they won. Like I said, they're, they're back on the uptick, and the offense seems like it's clicking right now. And plus, stellar goaltending from Alex Lyon. Yeah. I mean, you can't be mad with that week. No. Carolina outplayed us a bit. Um, the game was, in my opinion, a bit closer than two four because I think they had an empty netter, didn't they? I think they did, yeah. Um, yeah, so they got an empty netter. So it was, it was a close game. I mean, it was 3-2. Um, so until the empty netter, of course. Uh, but, yeah, we, we lost to them, but we beat Florida, who's a top team, and we beat Tampa, who's a top team in our division. Um, so, yeah, great week. Stellar goaltending. Offense is clicking. What's more to love? And oh, go ahead. I was like the thing that I really liked about this week, and it's the fact that the Red Wings absolutely hung with the Florida Panthers. Like it wasn't like a, a twenty shots to forty shots, and we got greasy ones. No, like the Red Wings hung with the Florida Panthers. And if you watched the game last night versus the Tampa Bay Lightning, we were out shooting them. The Red Wings had 30 shots on the Tampa Bay Lightning after two periods. The Tampa Bay Lightning had 10 on the Detroit Red Wings. People have been saying we need to shoot more. They were listening. Great week for the Wings. And Nick, what were you going to say? I mean, the, the question of the day, who was your guys' star of the week? Question of the week, I guess. I wonder if, I wonder if we're the same, Jordan. I wonder if we're the same. It's got to be uh it, it's got to be the Lion King, right? <laughs> I mean, both Lions last night handled Tampa Bay in Detroit. The Detroit Lions beat the Bucks to go to the NFC Championship game and Alex Lyon roaring against the Tampa Bay Lightning at, at Little Caesars. So, yeah, the Lion King, Alex Lyon. Uh, you guys just pulled uh, me and Tim being in unison. And we used to just say Patrick Kane all the time. That, that's our Patrick Kane, even though we have a Patrick Kane. It's the circle of life. We, we need Patrick Kane. We have Patrick Kane at home. Alex Lyon. Somebody should make like a gif of uh, what, what's the monkey's name from uh, Rafiki. Rafiki. Rafiki holding up some bun. They just have like Alex Lyon's uh, head pasted on him instead. Oh, God. I love Alex Lyon. He's a weird dude. Like, he just. Always, every time the camera's on him, he knows, and he just looks at it like. <laughs> That's what goalies are, man. That's what goalies are. <laughs> goalies are weird, man. But let's move on. Let's move to the flash forward because we've obviously got weeks co- or games coming up this week as well before the uh, the All Star break. Yep. So I mean, obviously, Nick, you're the Hawks, uh, the Hawks show host for tonight. Yeah. Us through what's going on with the Hawks? Uh, it's our West Coast trip this week, boys. Uh, you know, nice to go out west before the. You know, the rest of the team gets to go golfing or whatever they want to do for the next week. Uh, we got Vancouver tonight, um, a tough battle with Vancouver. And then we got Seattle on Wednesday, Edmonton on Thursday, and Calgary to wrap up uh, the first half of the season for the All-Star break. Um, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah. Uh, the West, you know, we always dogged on the West in the past, but they have <laughs> – this is a gauntlet of a week. Um, I'm going to say we lose the first three, but we come out with a win before the All-Star break. I think we beat Calgary. They're just very they're, – they're a very underwhelming team and just seem to – they can never just get it going. Uh, so give me a one and three. Let's go one, two, and one week. Okay. 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 One win, two losses, and one overtime game? Yes. I think we go to uh, – let's say we'll go to OT against Seattle. Okay. David, you, you and guys? I have a couple of games coming up this week. Um, we're going to play the Dallas Stars at home tomorrow. The Flyers play on Thursday. Uh, Vegas plays on Saturday. And so there's going to be three games this week. Dallas, I'm not comfortable with. The team's been super hot. And 
Jake Ottinger continues to be just a great, great goaltender. They didn't get weaker at any position this offseason. You've got the Flyers who they've been clicking for some reason this season, even though they didn't make any crazy roster changes this offseason, kind of like how the Vancouver Canucks have been doing. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday. It's rough. But here's the thing. January has been a great month for us. Anything can happen in January. If but I'm looking if we I think I think we could win two of these games. I think Dallas is the team we lose to. I think it's gonna be a one 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 week. I think it's gonna be a loss to Dallas. I could see them beating the Flyers, and even though Vegas has been really hot. I don't know. I just have a feeling like Detroit can take them to overtime. They're they're kind of like Detroit in the sense of like they score by committee. They don't have just two players who absolutely carry them. Michael's great, yeah. Stone's great, but aside from those two, they do like that team is truly a score by committee team, kind yep. of similar to what the Panthers are, and we beat the Panthers. Yep, we can beat them. Um, but yeah, that's going to be the Wings week. Um, does anybody have anything else before we close out the show? No, I mean Corey Perry signed with the Oilers. He's a thing of the past. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to if he plays. Looking forward to taking him on on Thursday. So, uh, I missed you guys though. I'm so glad that we're back. Uh, that I'm back. I should say you guys were <laughs> back last week, but that I'm back. Um, and uh, I guess well, I'll, I mean I, this question's been looming, so I'm going to keep it until Tim's back because I know you guys know the question. The fans don't know the question. I'm just going to keep this as a teaser for whenever Tim does return. Okay. You guys know it. I brought it up two weeks ago. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think that's everything for our show. Then if you guys don't have anything else to talk about, um, as always, thank you everyone who tunes into the show and checks us out. Feel free to give us a like, follow, share, retweet, whatever the social media currency is of choice on the platform. You found us. It really does help the show. Also, feel free to get in touch with us and give us feedback on the show. It helps us improve the show for you guys. And also, check out the rest of the shows on the Hockey Podcast Network. Even if you're not a fan of the Hawks or the Wings, they have shows, I'm pretty sure, for every single NHL club on there. Check out some of our partner uh, podcasts on that network and like get your fix there for a club if you don't follow necessarily the Wings or the Hawks, but you do follow another club because I guarantee you there's content for you on that platform. But yeah. Again, thank you everyone for tuning in the show and for checking us out. We will catch you guys back all here for another edition of the Sick Blade Podcast next week. In the meantime, take care of each other, stay safe, and we'll catch you all back here later. Take it easy.